You're listening to a podcast series from Vietcetera Production. Vietnam is forecasted to be one of the fastest growing economies in Southeast Asia and the world. To understand the dynamics behind Vietnam's miracle growth, Vietcetera meets with business leaders every week to discuss the country's future growth prospects. We also learn about how they build and manage teams and why they think innovation will be key to Vietnam's role in the world order. On today's Vietnam Innovators, we're joined by Pearl Huang, one of Vietnam's leading HR professionals. Pearl was previously the head of people operation at Creatory, a content creation, marketing and technology company with a vision to influence the young generation's consciousness to a higher level by conveying inspiring messages and information through easily consumed video content. In this episode, we talk about why companies should elevate HR beyond the typical process and paperwork, what a senior people leader does, the challenges they may encounter, why Pearl chose this career, and what keeps her going. Okay, so welcome, welcome everyone to the new Vietnam Innovators podcast by Vietcetera. Um, I am your guest host for today. My name is Dan. I'm the CEO at Dreamplex. Uh, and we support uh, companies to create w- great workplaces for their team members. And today we have the very special honor to interview uh, Miss Ngoc Huang, which kind of means something like a god. So she calls herself Pearl, just to kind of like come down to the level us, of us human beings. Um, and we're going to be talking today about innovation, but specifically from the people perspective. So how can people... Um, in people roles, as I call them, the people people, how can they drive innovation in companies? So welcome, Pearl. Mm-hmm. And maybe you want to give a short introduction of yourself before we dive in. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you, Dan. And by the way, I could like to take the chance to congratulate you because you just take a new role as a CEO of Dreamflex. I think this is a, like, a very good news and I hope that you know with you, as a new role would add a lot of value to community of the Dreamflex and also in the um, HR field. I hope so. Uh, and again, thank you a lot. Uh, I feel like this is my honor uh, to honor to join the podcast today uh, to talk about the pupil perspective and the pupil activities. So hope we will have a good conversation and exchange the knowledge together. Great, great. So as I said, you know, our clients, our customers are typically the heads of people, um, could be like a head of HR, chief people officer. Um, your role, actually, your, your, your prior role at uh, Creatory was a head of people operations. Um, now, now, typically, when people think about HR and when they think about people roles, yeah. uh, they typically think about, yeah, you know, you have to make sure that. Uh, the labor law filings are done and that the payroll comes out on time and that if I want to get my vacation days, I can just say, hey, please, you know, give me a day off. And that's kind of where the HR function ends. But I think it sounds like just from the title alone that your role was very different. So, you know, maybe also for the non-people people who are watching this, could you kind of share like what that role entailed um, for, for someone who is not from our industry? Uh, sure. So yes, we, we have uh, quite a new definition of the HR role in the market. Uh, we call the human capital or we call the people operation, which is, um, is also include the traditional HR, 
but also like add a lot of new thing that um, we innovate ourselves and um, try to adapt with the situation on the market. So for this role at the Creatory, I was in charge for like employer brand as a brand ambassador for the company on the recruitment market. Um, as well, we focus a lot of on employee engagement, how to deliver the company message, deliver the company culture, and create a lot of experience for employee. But the most thing is how to analyze and improve it. So make sure that the business is run smoother and we can increase the pupil value. So you mentioned the word people quite a few times, yeah. um, which I think, again, when people think about HR, typically they think more about the team that is kind of like behind the scenes, making sure that we don't do anything that's not in, in line with the labor code that, you know, make sure that we do everything properly from a legal perspective, yeah. a lot of administrative work. But I think when we are talking about people, we're really talking about, you know, human capital is something you mentioned, you know, the fact that companies at the end of the day are nothing but a group of people. And so as a company, it's really all about, you know, getting the right people, uh, getting the most out of them, creating value with them, retaining them, right? Those are some of the topics that I hear a lot from yeah. the companies that we work with. Um, and when I think about Creatory, and actually I, I visited, you gave me a tour, I saw the office. Um, it seems like a really innovative company just by the nature of what they do. Mm -hmm. So maybe can you share a little bit about, you know, the, the actual work that the company does, so the, the business that they have. And then also from an innovation perspective, mm -hmm. your role, how do you take that, that same level of innovation that the company is doing in their main business and how do you apply that to your people role? That's a very interesting. Um, even I left the company already, I still feel so proud of uh, Creatory and I feel like, you know, the time I was there and uh, contribute myself to the company is the most valuable time that I have in my career. So uh, Mason about Creatory is a, a, one of the uh, media companies but focusing on influencer marketing, also like uh, all the content creation, uh, chain the content, you know, um, and update with the situation on the market and the trend. So for that, the company always add more the innovation um, perspective in the business and also in the extend the service for the client. So can mention, for example, like with the company, you know that right now we always use the KOL, KOC, uh, Metal. However, uh, Creatory also apply the new technology we call AI or virtual production, which is also can you know contribute more to the client campaigns where they can you know create a lot of things uh, and it's, it's not really like limited anymore. And so, so for you to be surrounded by. Um, KOLs, online content, you know, influencer content, uh, even AI. And then again, we're going back to, I think again, like people don't typically put HR and innovation in the same sentence. Mm -hmm. So when you then sort of like take that back and you're sitting there with your wonderful people team, um, mm -hmm. you know, how do you apply some of those principles of innovation that are so successful in the main business uh, in the way that you run the people operations? Uh, yes, when you mentioned about the HR and innovation is not really go well together um, because, you know, we always think about the HR as a something stable, uh, something more organized. Uh, however, you know, with a new role, uh, you know that, you know, of course, 
if the company do a lot of innovation or too much change, it can create the like the threat for the employee. Such as like yeah. if every three months you change the company structure and you just like play with the different role for the employee, of course, it would be not, um, you know, like. However, uh, you know that right now is the situation on on the market, and also especially the COVID pandemic. Uh, we have to adapt with the chain. We have to come up with the news idea every day, or like mm. for you, like every single minute, right? So to adapt with a situation, also the HR job, we also have to be part of the innovation. We also have to try to wrap up ourselves, try to make it a fast and quick reaction. Mm. Yeah. Hiện nay, Vietcetra Store đã mở bán các sản phẩm trong bộ sưu tập daily Vietcetra thiết kế bởi chính đội ngũ nhà chúng mình nhằm phục vụ cho các hoạt động thương nhật của bạn. Nếu bạn là khán giả trung thành và yêu mến nội dung của Vietcetra thì đừng bỏ qua các sản phẩm này nhé. Xem thông tin chi tiết và đặt mua các sản phẩm tại website store.vietcetra.com hoặc nhấp vào đường link ở phần mô tả để đến cửa hàng trực tuyến của Vietcetra. Yeah, I remember I was moderating a panel about innovation uh, maybe like a month or two ago. And I think it was uh, uh, Kelly Chan, the uh, chief innovation officer for Pizza for Peace, who said that innovation is basically doing something better every single day. So it doesn't always have to be about the really big things. And yeah. that's probably where there's a lot of innovation in HR or at least like HR, if you do it in the right way, where, you know, at the end of the day, you're serving the people in the business. And in order to do that, you have to constantly think about, okay, where's the company now? What is the context? What's happening? In this case, obviously, we are podcasting from home, uh, working from home, podcasting from home, right? So all these kind of like changing circumstances, we then need to quickly uh, adapt and adjust um, to deliver uh, what we need to do in our in our function, right? In our in our kind of like um, role as the as the people people. Um, in in your case, the head of people operations. So. Um, Then obviously there's the other part, which is that you have to work with a lot of people in your company, right? To start with you as the leader of your team, you're probably dealing with other people in a, in a C role, uh, maybe like a CEO, CFO, maybe like a chief operating officer. How do you engage with them? Do you sometimes have to sell being people centric or does it kind of come naturally to them? Um, and we can take this broader than just creatory. So I think in this case, um, especially in creatory, the HR team we connect to the other C-level or leader is by the both ways. Uh, so one is for how to understand their business, how to understand their function. So that means we also can consult them to increase um, the performance of the employee so they can meet the, 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 the OKR, the KPI or the target, right? Uh, but at the same time, you you know, like us, we always feel like it's, it's all about the pupil connection. At the end, is everything is about the human connection. So that means we, we also um, consider that they are as a, an employee. So that yes. means they have their own personal life. They also have their own desire, right? And they also have a difficulty. So in that case, we also want to connect with them as a human to understand uh, the, the strength and the weakness and the, the thing that they, they want us to assist them so they can achieve more on their leader role.
Are, are you saying that CEOs are just like normal people? <laughs> uh, of course, we mentioned about C-level. That means um, it could be, in this case, exclude the CEO, which is the owner of the company or the people who share with the company. But I mean in general of the leader. So those people, they are C-level, but also they are, you know, lead a team of the function to mm -hmm. the common goal. Yeah, this yeah. is what I mean. Yeah, totally. So, so there's something really interesting there that, you know, at the end of the day, even though you're talking from your position to their position, mm -hmm. so they may be really focused on operations or really, in, really focused on finance at the end of the day, they are also people. Yeah. And so you can also appeal to, well, what would you want if you were an employee, which, yeah. which in some ways, of course, they are also employees of the organization, but typically you look at it differently. Do you typically feel that, and this doesn't have to be specific to, you know, that company, because I know you worked in way more companies than, than just Creatory. Yes. Do you typically feel there is kind of that tension between, you know, other people in the boardroom and then the, the people leader? Or, or have you always, for example, sought out the kind of companies that already really care about people where you don't feel like, you know, you have to be the one pushing it and sort of like being the one really driving that sort of like uh, people centricity? Uh, yes. Uh, so of course the 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 involve of the other C level position on how to uh, comes up with the people strategy is also uh, is also very necessary. It's just not only come from us HR, right? So in the situation of um, like okay, let's say we not mention about creatory, but we mention about pandemic when whole the company everybody have to. Um, comes up with the idea of how to keep the people centric, still alive, still survive, yeah. right? When we have to drop a lot of people, when mm -hmm. we have to say goodbye with a lot of employee, agree? So, so in this case, uh, of course, we all the company. I think we still need to maintain the necessary activities to show that you know the engagement or the experience or even the um, the the people development this time yeah. is still necessary. So for example, like I see a lot of company during this pandemic, they take a chance to have the employee to increase their capacity, their skill set through yeah. the learning, right? So we have yeah. a lot of web seminar, we have a lot of case study, or even a lot of uh, a, a lot of talk. Expect, uh, example, like in Duplex, I see you guys have a lot of programs, right? You have a HR language, you have a lot of web seminar online. So I think it's, it's one way to show that the company still care about people, still want mm. them to develop with the company no matter what. And I also see a lot of company, um, they show their care to the, com uh, the, the employee by very small touch. For example, like a lot of company, they stand a vegetable, right? Uh, they send the 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 mention to the employee house to say, "Hey, I still care about you. You still matter to us, no matter what we will get to it together." So I think in those things is even small, but is to show that the company still care and still take the people at the center. You gotta talk to me a little bit about you. You can understand <laughs> that as a foreigner. I've been in Vietnam for almost six years, right? But you got to talk to me a little bit about the vegetable packages because when I first saw, by the way, great employer branding tactic clearly. Um, when I first saw some of those photos coming up on social media of people getting vegetables sent from their company, 
Mm. It took it took me a while to compute, right? But then I got the idea behind it. But maybe can you share a bit for maybe also like other foreigners, other expats who may have seen that on their social media, kind of explain the idea behind something like that. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a first of all, that's a wonderful idea. I think, you know, a lot of company um, instead of we organize the people with a happy hour, we use that budget to um, to send the gift to the employee. Right. You know that the situation of one month ago when, you know, when we suddenly been locked down and the supermarket situation be quite uh, the stressful for the people. So like very like we we often have a job we say vet vegetable at that time is like goal you know so um so for for that case it's just like some company they just take any kind of crisis and they understand of needed from the people so of course with one package of that vegetable it cannot keep the employee for whole month. Right, but it sends some kind of a vibe, some kind of the motivation uh, mm. to support them to say, hey, no matter what, I'm here for you. No matter what, uh, we still think about you. So if we, if you can survive after this situation, that means we can survive together, right? I thought, I thought the the really wonderful part about that was, and obviously, like as a designer by nature, like this is the the thing that stood out to me is that you can only do a gesture like that, like sending vegetables when you truly understand the person that you're working with, Yeah. right? So getting into sort of like the psyche of, okay, my employees are sitting at home, you know, what are they going through right now? Oh, supermarkets are emptying out. Uh, people are maybe a little bit worried that they that they will not be, be able to have enough food and, and vegetable. I saw that happening here in my house. Um, <laughs> And, and, and then make that jump from like, why, why wouldn't we support them? And like, there must be some kind of way that we as a company can, can support them with a gesture like that. And like you said, it's a gesture, but it's, it, it's incredibly meaningful. And yeah. it really goes back to that point of, you know, the, the, the people take care of the company, you know, as the company takes care of, of the people, because yes. again, without the people, there is there is no company, right? So I thought it was yeah. it was really beautiful. Yeah. Also, our culture in Vietnam, you know, we have some kind of sentence meaning that you know, one small uh, package when you are hungry is more than you know a loss of a, a, a amount of the thing that you can receive when you are full. So um, that means is is very valuable at this point because it, it just show the the care, you know. So like you you mentioned before. It's incredible. Yeah. Okay. I never get tired of all the beautiful um, Vietnamese proverbs and sayings. There's always there's always something there. And typically, my, my wife will kind of like roughly translate it from Vietnamese to English, which makes them even better. Um, so I like this one. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Um, so, so I want to talk a little bit more, um, you know, about this situation we're in currently and how does it impact people and how do you deal with that and how do you support people? But I want to maybe first kind of zoom out a little bit and maybe take a step back in time yeah. um, and ask in the earlier years, mm -hmm. um, when you first went into HR, what, what, what kind of like appealed to you? What was the reason for you to go into, into an HR role? Mm -hmm. I didn't jump into the HR role uh, immediately after I got it. So my background is the art and advertisement, again, advertising. Um, so after I graduated, I worked at the sale and customer care for two and a half years. 
Mm. Okay, and suddenly there's a some kind of the opportunity. We always say sometimes the curious part is to you, right? Like the universe send it to you. So um, it's have a chance. It's an opportunity of the role of the reception need and the HR generalist is just there for me. And then after I join that role, I feel like so, you know, like feel a, a connection right away. So that means at that time, right away, I say, okay, I will switch my path. I will invest more on the education of the human resource, uh, how to be a person from the back state and how to access the people for their, you know, grow and successful. And I feel so good about that, you know, um, at, at, until when I joined the creatory and especially one of my friends just helped me to do one of the assessment to discover why I always feel that way. So one of my desire is about, you know, how to uh, engage with the people. And I feel like I can gain a lot of energy and happiness when I engage with them or when I can help them to grow up themselves. And every time it's like that, when I look back, I feel like, you know, when they grow, I also feel my, myself grow. And when they're happy or success, I always feel the same. So, um, it leads to my, now I, I can understand fully about my reason why I choose this job. And I feel like I still want to take, stick with this position, this role because of that, because of the engagement with the, uh, with the, with the people in general and with the employee in specific. So you truly are a, a people person and you found your, you know, you found where you need to be. You found your ikigai in terms of like finding that thing that, you know, you're good at. Um, you contribute something to the world, you can get paid for it, you enjoy doing it and sort of like, you know, it sometimes takes a while, but, but clearly you found it like quite early on, which is really great. And then, you know, in that, in that sort of journey, when, when you kind of look back at, um, the past, how, how many years has it been since you graduated? Like four or five. So in, 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 in those years, what has kind of changed in, in HR and w- what has remained the same? So it sounds like the the love for people has remained the same. The fact that you get to work with people has remained the same. What are some other things that are kind of still kind of evergreen that are still there? And what are also some things that are happening in, you know, the HR role or the people role? Before, I always think that the HR is some kind of management, you know, always like manage people and um, keep everything organized, keep everything on track. Uh, and at that time, it's kind of a very like, like policeman, you know what I mean? But uh, until now, when I opened up a lot, I feel like the chain is, I feel like, okay, HR is no longer as that role of a management anymore, but also like a person who uh, boot the other people to, you know, discover themselves, discover their strength and develop themselves. And so we are just like a, a partner to work with them during their career part, not the people who manage them. So that's a, I think that's a big thing you change during the my HR perspective. Hiện nay, Vietcetra Store đã mở bán các sản phẩm trong bộ sưu tập daily Vietcetra thiết kế bởi chính đội ngũ nhà chúng mình nhằm phục vụ cho các hoạt động thương nhật của bạn. Nếu bạn là khán giả trung thành và yêu mến nội dung của Vietcetra thì đừng bỏ qua các sản phẩm này nhé. Xem thông tin chi tiết và đặt mua các sản phẩm tại website store.vietcetra.com hoặc nhấp vào đường link ở phần mô tả để đến cửa hàng trực tuyến của Vietcetra.
that idea of of partnership to be there alongside someone, someone that people can go to. And again, it's about, about the person that they are, you know, what are their goals? What are, what is it that they want and need? I think so many times, um, you know, I'll be talking to people uh, inside our organization, talking to people in other organizations. And it seems like people are almost surprised when you ask them, what do you want? Mm. Because they're so used to the company telling them, what does the company want from them? Rather than saying, okay, you know, what is it that you're looking for? And I truly believe, and obviously, you know, it sounds like you're very similar that if you can link what someone wants very intrinsically, so not motivated by, by salary and like those kind of things, but intrinsically wants to achieve. And then what the company wants and sort of like where that meets, where you can find that overlap, that's obviously where there's a lot less friction in terms of people coming to work and, you know, uh, contributing and, and getting something out of it themselves. Um, so that sense of partnership, then, then to have someone in the company that can help them on that journey is, is super important. And so what would you say if you kind of, you know, look back at, you know, what you've done so far, what are some of the learnings that you would pass on to, you know, maybe a, a really junior people person coming into their role for the first time? You know, what are some of the things that you say, okay, this is really what you need to do. Don't worry about what you see or hear in your first weeks. Yeah. Really try to keep this as your compass, as your North Star. Mm. Yeah, um, I, can, I can tell that if I can go back to tell with myself 15 years ago when I just, I, you know, start my career path and uh, join some kind of the HR role or something, I can tell with myself that that's one big thing I learned after such a long journey is I felt like you cannot be successful alone. Everything, um, of course, like we always say, if you go, want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go further, you go with a team, right? So I realized that a lot of things, if we want to do like a great thing, a big thing, we need a team. We need an ecosystem. Even for the business, you know, you just cannot uh, successful alone in the market. You need more than that. You need to cooperate with the other partner. You need to cooperate with the other business where everybody roll together. So for me, if I go back to myself for a long time ago, or if I can give advice for my daughter or for the junior people, I just want to mention with them that, you know, just be unique, but don't be selfish and try to contribute yourself with a team to create something big, something great that when you look back you can feel proud about that so it, it's not about how much salary you earn or how many at work you have right but it's about how your treat how your team or how your team member especially at a leader when you leave the company you feel like oh you have a new leader team who can take over their your role who can be very independent and solve their problem by themselves it's such a beautiful idea. Um, and that's why I always say cliches are cliches for a reason, because usually they're, they're true and there's something in there, right? But that idea of, you know, if you want to go fast, you go alone. But if you want to go far, you go with a team, you go together. And do you feel like that's kind of like counterintuitive for people coming kind of like, you know, fresh graduates coming into the workforce? Do they kind of feel like I have to perform more like by myself? I have to prove myself. And they're typically not really wanting to go that, that the team route? I think it depends on the working environment as well depends on the leader. 
So if the company create a culture of supportive, you will not have that team member. Or if you are a leader, you don't create some kind of the, the vibe for the people that they need to compete each other at a team. Then, um, then people won't work at a common uh, goal, and they know that you know my colleagues is not my enemy, right? Or the other company, the competitor in the market, even they are the competitor, they are not enemy. So I think um, a lot of junior people right now they they join the company, they searching for that kind of nine to six working environment where they feel like they're comfortable to to you know raise their voice to um, exchange the idea or even the stupid thing but it maybe can contribute for the team or contribute for the company without of any kind of the toxic relationship with the co-worker right and i love that you mentioned culture and that culture is obviously one of the hot topics that you know not only now but you know for decades people have been talking about how do you create good cultures? How do you sustain cultures? And it's kind of an intangible thing. It's really hard to say, although some companies seem to try to put a couple of core value posters on the wall and they point to it and they say, this is our culture. Or they say, as my previous employer uh, said, oh, we do breakfast on Monday mornings. That's our company culture. But obviously culture is much bigger than a couple of artifacts. What, what has kind of been your experience in building culture? And again, going back to your last role at Creatory, that seemed to be such a strong culture. There seems to be such a connection between the people in the company. You know, what are some of those things that companies need to think about when they're trying to create culture? And maybe also to a degree, how can employees, how can team members contribute to it? Yeah. So mention about culture, a lot of uh, you know, maybe company or even myself for a long time, you know, we can have a misunderstanding about that. We always think that, you know, if we create something nice or we, we, we copy something nice from somewhere, maybe some people already um, have it and successful with that. And we think that, oh, that's a very cool and we want to be like that. But in fact, I think culture is just like a characteristic so it should be unique. It should be like come from your organization. Uh, something that maybe is not similar with the other company, but is a company strength. So for the culture, it should come from the natural. So we always we always say be authentic, right? So that means be honest with yourself, be honest with the company, and, and just pick out the strength point and make it become a culture not copy somewhere. You cannot copy culture, yeah. which is really interesting because I think a lot of companies, when either when they start or they start to realize that at the stage that they're at, culture becomes more important. Obviously, the first thing they do is uh, Google company culture. <laughs> they find a couple of great examples and then they say, um, you know, I've seen the culture at Zeppos or at Netflix or whatever company, and I'm going to implement that one by one, sort of not realizing that those companies live in a completely different context, different culture, different everything. But then obviously that raises the big question, but that's why we have you here on the podcast. So if you have to be authentic in your culture, then that kind of also has to start with the people running the company, right? The people that basically are the faces of the company, both internal and external, which then basically leads to say, well, then who, who am I, right? As a leader, so do you sort of see that as quite a difficult journey for companies to go through to, to really 
find out like what is even my culture or what should it be? Yeah. So when I have worked for Gregory, I feel like they are so good at define themselves and select the culture which is their own characteristic for the company. So because I think from the beginning they clearly about they understand about what they do, but the most important thing is why they do that, mm. the purpose of that, what kind of the message they want to deliver to the market, what kind of the solution that they can solve for the client. So from that thing, they they change it to become they deliver it to the message of the culture or the value. So. In summary, uh, we always mention about culture, but it's very simple that you know whatever you believe in, right? Whatever you believe in, and you deliver that belief through the behavior. So that's why when when the last time when you was in Gregory, you can feel the vibe that the company provide you, that you know everything is match or everything deliver what exactly they their purpose and their value. So there is. There's a link there between beliefs. So beliefs are good, mm-hmm. but they're not enough. Like you need beliefs, and then it needs to link to behavior. So the belief comes from the kind of the Simon Sinek uh, Golden Circle, whatever he calls it. You know, you have the everyone knows what they do. People know how they do it, but they don't know why they do it. And if you go to the why, if you start with the why, you know, you can have a set of beliefs that's kind of like is linked to the why of the company, maybe the why of the leadership. But then you somehow have to translate it into behaviors, um, and and you know, who like what you do is who you are kind of idea, right? And and that's typically where I I think most kind of companies kind of struggle because it's very easy to say we believe this, yes. But to your point, then something bad happens, like a pandemic breaks out, and you actually have have to make very tough choices. Mm-hmm. And obviously, then what you do there is really what what impacts the culture. And then the culture is kind of the thing that, you know, you cannot, again, it's not tangible, right? You cannot see it, but you can feel it and you can experience it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and how important do you think that that culture then is um, in, you know, the, the experience of the employees in that company? Mm. I think now we, we know that most of the company or all the companies that realize that the culture they create is really matter, right? It's not only one of the factor that the candidate they searching or they would they would use for their decision of joining the company or not, but also like every single behavior or belief of the employee will lead to the action with the client or with the product that they provide on the market. So you know the stronger culture or the stronger belief or the stronger behavior you have, then the stronger the product uh, or the service you can deliver. And you also said that you work a lot on employer branding. So you know you worked in a content company, but even in any other company, employer branding is also another thing that people talk about a lot right now. And it mm-hmm. seems to be getting more and more complicated. I know it from our team. Where we were so happy that we finally got our Instagram up, and then it's like, no, 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 it's TikTok now. <laughs> and then I'm sure that like when we finally have figured out our TikTok, there's like another channel that we need to be on. So that also gets more and more complicated. Um, but just to touch very lightly on the employer branding side, you know, if you have a great culture, obviously there's something to talk about, right? There's something to show, to share. What are some other things that you know companies need to do when it comes to employer branding? Mm-hmm. So. 
I think the employee branding is the first step uh, have you to approach with the people, right? So if you want to have a similar uh, people who believe on your value or believe on your direction, you have to send some kind of a message outside of the company so people can know you. Maybe after they read the article or they, they read about the content that you provide, they feel like, oh, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I believe in. Right? This is what I want. That's why you can attract them. So I think the employer branding is the first step for you to expand um, your name, your uh, reputation to the candidate. And also, of course, to the client, to the partner who want to cooperate with you at the individual or at the organization. So there, there's something really interesting there in terms of the employer branding as the first step. It's basically the first thing that people may see or hear about you, especially when you're starting a company or when you're growing a company, that employer branding is really the thing out there into, into the markets, into the talent markets uh, for people to pick up. And then if you do employer branding really well, I'm assuming that's mostly about someone hearing or seeing something and thinking, that's my kind of company. Correct. I would love to be a part of that. Yes. So we, when I was in Creatory, we have a lot of situation of the young people. They, they love the Creatory from the beginning because the creator, our KOL, right? They know them and they say, they, they feel like, oh, I admire them. I want to work with them. But the more we deliver the branding, the more a lot of student or junior people, they come to it and they say, I want to work for your company because the vibe, because whatever you guys show up is so cool. So for example, like when, when myself and the team, we come up with the idea of how to deliver the company purpose or the company message to their young people or to the candidate, we feel about a lot of young people right now, they have a desire of want to make something great, right? Something that maybe their parent, their brother and sister never do that before, never want to try out before, right? So they feel like, oh, this is a company have uh, some kind of the very open working environment when they're willing all come uh, the crazy ideas or even the, the new thing. That's why, you know, they feel like, oh, I want to work for that, right? Or the second thing is when you deliver of your strength is if you want to create the content uh, like creatory, you always have to have the, some kind of creative mindset. That means you always have fun. You just not only, you know, take the job, it's just like suffering every day, every single mo moment. But you always feel like, oh, every single time I work, I feel like I create a value for myself. I create the yeah. value for the community. And I feel like I want to do it more and more because not just for me, but for people, for everything. So with that case, you know, when you, when, when such as like in the example of the creatory, when we deliver that brain, it's always stick with who we are, why we do that. And if you believe on our value, on our direction, then you, you should be uh, our member. <laughs> you should be here, yeah. And and then what is the because I I completely get that sort of feeling, uh, and I think that probably everyone who's listening would have experienced it at least at some point in their lives that they sort of see a company and they think, oh, wouldn't it be cool to work there? And then maybe eventually, actually, it turns out you know you can work for that company. In this case, you could actually apply for a role. 
um, and, and, and take a position. And then obviously I'm super biased, but very curious also about the role of the office in that company culture, in the employer branding, you know, how, how important is it? Again, like I said earlier, you gave me a tour of the creatory office, which is actually three offices, right? Because you have kind of like different buildings because you're in growth mode. So there's kind of like part of the team is sitting in one building. There's a really big kind of content production studio. Then there's individual studios for content creators to do their work. How important is the physical environment? And again, we're, we're podcasting from home right now. And uh, in the other hours, we're working from home. How important is the physical environment in the culture and the employer branding, but also just the day-to-day experience of the employees of a company? I think it's very important for the physical office. It's kind of like myself, I feel like it's like physical touch between the engagement between the company and the employee. And also it's like visualize your culture or visualize your working environment, right? So that's very important. So in even in the situation, of, for example, like in, in now when we have a pandemic um, situation when we cannot go to the office, right? I know a lot of company include creatory, they create a virtual office where they set the same layout when like people there and working with each other so they can engage like normal, right? Or even myself, um, I can see is before when I work for creatory, uh, when we have a two separate office, um, we try to create the activity that bring up people together. So for example, like we set up the coffee machine in the lobby to make sure that everybody have the time in the morning to say hello to each other when they're making a coffee, right? Or like when we create a happy hour or the creatory clubs to make sure that everybody, every single people who doesn't have a chance to engage, interact with each other during the work, they can see each other on that time and they can know that I have a chance to discover this person. Or maybe in the future, when I work with him or her, I know them already. So for me, it's the office um, is very important for the employee. Uh, so that's why I feel like right now, a lot of young people, they're searching for the modern uh, working environment where everything is open they can transform the, themselves and make the working space kind of the unique. And also like if they can have a full flexibility that they can use every day, right? Make them feel like we call is like creating addicted working environment when everybody feel like I want to stay in the office more than I want to go home. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this, this goes back to the really famous example of, uh, of Google's free pantries and free kitchens, right. right? A lot of people sort of as outsiders, they would say that, oh, you know, this is kind of a PR thing, or it's kind of just a company trying to burn money because they have too much investment or whatever. But that was very purposefully designed, just like the coffee machine example you mentioned. They know that if people get up more because, for example, they can walk to a free food station or there's a snack station near them, they know people will get up more and when they get up more, they run into more people. And when they run into more people, there's cross-pollination, there's collaboration, there's the kind of conversations that wouldn't happen if you had to organize a formal meeting for it. And I think that's probably the kind of stuff that's really getting lost now in sort of us working remotely where, you know, you can still, I can still organize a meeting with my team, but it's not quite the same as running into someone at the coffee machine and how was your weekend? And, oh yeah, I saw this and, oh, that's interesting. And what could we do with that? Yeah. But at the same time, you know, 
while there is a role for the office, uh, and and fortunately, otherwise my my days as uh, CEO will be uh, over pretty quickly. There's also a lot of kind of demand for, like you said, more flexibility. Um, there is a big demand for working from home, for hybrid working. Uh, we're just uh, working on um, the final uh, touches of our 2021 version of the Gen C study that we ran last year. Yes. Um, and one of the key findings from it is that now, much more than last year, over 90% of Gen Z in Vietnam is actually asking for a hybrid office solution. So not working in the office five days a week. Mm. I mean, how do you deal with that as, a, as an employer? Because that's incredibly tough to say, you know, I'm going to create this office and it's going to be part of my company culture. And then to walk in there on Monday morning and just see no one because everyone's working from home. Yeah. How, how do you deal with that? What, what would you say to company owners that are kind of like struggling right now to, to try and figure that out? Yeah. So four years ago, when I have a chance to work with one fintech company, um, at that time, it's a little bit weird for me when we mentioned about work remotely. Because at that time on the market, people don't, you know, not really familiar with that. But yeah. at that time, we already applied that for a lot of like high position or a lot of engineer um, person, you know, because we we know that the flexibility of the working time sometimes can have our employee, um, you know, increase more performance, you know, work more effectively when they just cannot sit down in the same office box, the same table all the time for a few years, right? Can you imagine if you sit in the same table for 10 years, same same environment for 10 years, right? Is 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 kind of uh, difficult. So for, for me, I think it, uh, the new generation, the Gen Z that we mentioned, they kind of uh, innovators. They are the person who come to earth and say, hey, it's time for change. It's time to change. And we cannot resist that. So it, it's kind of a greater situation that we have to face with situation of the young people the love to change the working environment. And they want to, you know, ex explore themselves by in a different atmosphere. Hiện nay, Vietcetra Store đã mở bán các sản phẩm trong bộ sưu tập Daily Vietcetra thiết kế bởi chính đội ngũ nhà chúng mình nhằm phục vụ cho các hoạt động thương nhật của bạn. Nếu bạn là khán giả trung thành và yêu mến nội dung của Vietcetra thì đừng bỏ qua các sản phẩm này nhé. Xem thông tin chi tiết và đặt mua các sản phẩm tại website store.vietcetra.com hoặc nhấp vào đường link ở phần mô tả để đến cửa hàng trực tuyến của Vietcetra. And it makes so much sense, right? Because young young people, and again, listen to us talking about young people. So fun. <laughs> young people, you know, their entire life is on demand. It's quick. It's six second videos on TikTok, right? And then they're sort of coming into the office and it's like time has stood still for 30, 40 years because you go to the same spot every single day. You know, you sit there, you may sit in a small little pantry during lunchtime and then you go back to your desk and then until the end of the day, And typically here, you even have to like fingerprint scanner in in the morning and fingerprint scanner out at night. And I think what you just said is so interesting that when we talk about innovation, we talk about people actually just listening to the younger employees and, and see what they want already would inform a lot of what we can do in terms of companies supporting and yeah. being more innovative in, in how they deliver a great workplace for, for the people. Because again, going back to this, the same point, right? 
we do these things for our teams because our teams make us, right? Like our company is that collection of people. So the more that we deliver on what they're looking for, the better it is. So yeah. we're, we're, we're running out of time, but I do have two, two final questions. The first one is um, if any company out there right now mm-hmm. is listening to this and say, I would love a Pearl. I mean, I'm sure they would love Pearl, but I would love a Pearl, a great, inspired, senior people leader. What would you advise them besides, you know, pitching to you, giving you a great job offer? What would you advise them to specifically look for when they're looking for that first, let's say, kind of strategic HR uh, role? Uh, Sorry, but you mean that searching for the leader, other leader to join the company or searching for the HR leader? Yeah. So let's say a company for the first time, right? So companies may be growing and scaling. And then at some point they hit that point where they realize that, you know, to create that great culture, to have that great employer brand, all these things that we talked about, a great workplace experience, they need someone internally to champion that, to lead that. So yeah. the first time they're going to hire someone beyond just the HR admin tasks, basically, what should they be looking out for? I think is. um, if the company is searching for the, the HR leader who maybe will exit the company to build up the culture or inspire the employee, then I think is come point from, I, I, always, I always think that all the leader in the company, they like a sub-captain on your board, mm. right? So when you hire somebody, especially when you hire a leader or the C-level position, that means they wouldn't be a part of you, right? They wouldn't be a part of you. They wouldn't believe on the thing you believe. They wouldn't deliver the message that you want to deliver. And, you know, if you guys have some kind of the uh, same value or same belief, I don't, I, I, I don't think that we have to necessarily have the same perspective or same agreement because sometimes as a partner we need a disagreement we need a different perspective different point of view right that's why we complete each other but i mean like if you and your leader have the same value and same belief it would be easier to deliver because whatever the structure is after that is very easy when you guys have the same or the common goal or the same value so for me yes sorry no, I, I just wanted to jump in and say, like, I love that, you know, none of this is about the resume. None of this is about experience. needs to have this kind of experience, this kind of this. Yes. It's really about do we align, you know, as a leadership, as a company with what this person, you know, could bring to the table in terms of values and beliefs. And so now we're going to, as the last question, completely flip that one <laughs> for someone who is trying to get into this industry. So someone who's trying to get into HR. You know, what would your advice be for maybe like a fresher or maybe someone who is trying to actually change course and, you know, pick up a career in HR? Maybe everyone watching now is inspired to go into people operations, to go into HR. Um, what would you advise them um, that they should be looking out for? Wow, that's a that's a big commitment to give the advice. But um, I think this is, the, this is just like the suggestion from my experience. So... I do think that if if we want to jump in the HR, especially for the for the junior people, just shake your mind and change your perspective a little bit. Um, so we are no longer just the people who manage the other. 
but we are here to somehow to exceed the other people role again right when we mentioned from the beginning and also like before a lot of our job as an HR we create a like policy like the process the step and stuff but right now we also have to think about how that would help the people how that would support the people and all the new idea all the innovation is support or not for the company and the business and last but not least is the most important is how is support for the client right so all the activity that hr creates uh, such as from the beginning about the system about the branding or the engagement or the behavior whatever it is it should come from the company um, we call the vision and it delivers to the service that we will provide for the client the, the customer so as an hr think more about business so so interesting so we just talked for an hour about people and now we're ending with think more about the business <laughs> uh, of course on the prospect um, of maintaining the company the people always the centric that's why we create a lot of activity and we create a lot of things for the people but don't forget that at the end all of us as an individual or the company we also don't forget that there's one person that's very important. It should be the centric. It's a client. It's a customer who, you know, can have it to even grow up and expand our value to the community bigger and bigger. So that's why I think when we mention about business here, it's not only about revenue, but also about how client um, as a human, they receive our service or our product, right? And that is very important too. So as a, for me, as an ecosystem, for me, it's just the relationship between company, employee, and the client. We are all human, right? We are all people. And we are all want to, you know, deliver some value together. Wonderful. So we're ending with people and value. Couldn't, couldn't close it out better. <laughs> so, Pearl, thank you so much for your time today. I, I really hope that this was both, you know, inspirational and also educational for people um, who are either on the company side thinking about how could I be more people centric? How could I deliver more value for every person in the ecosystem? And also for maybe people who are thinking about getting into the industry, becoming the future pearls um, and, you know, what they need to do um, to get on that on that journey. So. Thank you so much for your sharing today. Uh, thank you, obviously, for everyone who, who joined and listened in, especially if you made it to the end. Bonus points. Um, really great to, uh, to be sharing this with you and uh, hope to see you another time soon. Vietcetra's Vietnam Innovator Series is only one of many podcasts hosted by the team. We also have Have a Sip, hosted by our VP of Content, Thuy Minh, as well as the Vietnamese edition of Vietnam Innovators, hosted by Vietcetra's Chief Operating Officer, Ruby Nguyen. Look out for more podcast production soon from the Vietcetra team. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms, such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week. So don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content. Hey guys, the Vietcetra app is finally here. 
You can download our app on the Apple App Store right now. And to our Android users, the app version is coming to you very soon.